and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook, and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, I will be sharing my initial thoughts about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Hope you enjoy. Alrighty, this is Faye News. In this segment, I will cover this week's big entertainment news that caught my eye. In Marvel news, uh, in Marvel Comics news specifically, it was announced this week that Dan Slott would be returning to write more superior Spider-Man comics this fall. In Sony Marvel news, probably like the biggest news of the week, uh, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out in theaters, and I'll be talking about that today. In movie news, The Rock is reportedly getting a Hobbs spinoff of Fast and Furious, which will not be a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw, apparently. So uh, it'll maybe it'll be some sort of backstory or solo adventure of his own. Who knows? And uh, also in other movie news, Transformers Rise of the Beasts comes out this coming weekend. In TV news, Black Mirror Season 6 premieres June 15th. That was announced this week. And that about covers it for this week's uh, Fay News. A lot of news is still slow uh, because of all the strikes going on in Hollywood and uh, support the Writers Guild of America and their... um, what they're asking for. Next up, I'm going to talk all about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, so Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, this movie is a sequel to one of my favorite superhero movies of all time, one of my favorite animated movies of all time, um, and just one of my favorite movies up there, um, Into the Spider-Verse. I think this movie only just builds on everything that Into the Spider-Verse did in terms of animation and what it can do in terms of taking a comic book and bringing it to life on screen. Uh, and also just in terms of the stories for um, Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. Um, Miles just continues to be an, pun intended, amazing um, Spider-Man on screen. This movie only expands upon how they fleshed out his character in the first movie. I think they definitely level up Spider-Gwen to be a co-protagonist in this movie in a way that she 
uh, almost was, but not quite uh, in the first film. I think she, she almost gets leveled up to the spot that Peter B. Parker had in Into the Spider-Verse in terms of being a dual protagonist with Miles. The animation quality has jumped too from the last film and the way that they're leaning into using different artistic styles in the different universes uh, and for the different characters is really cool. And I think uh, without getting into spoilers, definitely the, the only kind of drawback that I can think of in this movie is just that it is definitely part one of a two-part story in a way that, like, in a similar way to how Fast X ends very much with a cliffhanger, that it is a part one, this movie similarly ends on a cliffhanger, that this is a part one of a two-part story. So it's it, it, it's hard to kind of give overall... F- thoughts a little bit for that reason but i mean let me if if you haven't seen the movie yet and you're looking to be swayed to see it um i will let you know that it does have an a cinema score if you're not familiar with cinema score cinema score is basically a uh, company that spot polls people leaving the theater opening weekend and as they leave the theater, they ask people to rate the movie. They do this around the country, and then they give the movie a grade on a lettering scale with plus and minuses in there. So the high score is an A+. Plus. Uh, and then, I guess, theoretically, you could have an F movie. But typically movies, the lowest that a movie will get I mean, I've, uh, some movies have gotten C's I've seen, um, but most big movies will get around like a B minus or a C plus at the least. But this movie got an A cinema score, so that's pretty good. And it has currently uh, 95% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that could have changed if new reviews came in, but it should be around there. So... I mean, it, that should help convince you that this is a great movie. Um, and if you haven't seen the first one, go watch that one, because that's an amazing movie, too. Oscar-winning animated film. I think this movie could definitely win an Oscar as well. But yeah, overall, my thoughts are that I think because this just levels up everything from the original other than it being a distinct part one i think this is a better i think this is an even better film than the first one because it's just building on that success it's building on what worked so well in the first movie um and in particular like like i said the animation here just steps up and is beautiful and gorgeous at times and really makes you feel like you are reading these comics 
it, it is once again another movie that really takes that experience of reading a comic and puts it up on the screen like no other movie has. So I'm going to take a brief pause here. And then when we come back, I'm going to go into spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet, go ahead and pause here. Come back to the podcast once you have watched the movie. Okay, if you are still here, then you are okay with spoilers for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Now, I think the first thing I want to say is that the amount of various Spider-People exponentially increased in this movie, which was a delight to, to see. Now... I, a lot of the spider people in the background, especially in like the second act and the spider layer thing, um, there weren't any like, there weren't not, I shouldn't say any, there were not a lot of like specific spider people that I, that I noticed other than the ones that were like in your face talking to you on screen. Um, once again, I really enjoyed how different animation styles were used for the different characters. The opening with Spider-Gwen in her universe and the way that they brought that watercolor type art to life, which was kind of ripped directly from the original... Gwen's uh, Spider Gwen comic from the original Spider Verse event. That was just beautiful. How the way that the watercolor changed with her and her dad's emotions in those tough conversations. Um, the opening sequence at the Guggenheim. How you had this Da Vinci esque vulture, and how all of his weaponry was like very much inspired by da vinci's like sketch uh notebook drawings and his bombs were like the little helicopters uh that da vinci had invented like it was just really cool the way that they took that like sketch that like uh no notes uh and sketching artwork and put brought that to life there and then um hobie with his like punk uh kind of like uh uh british uh underground like uh punk vibe with the like very much inspired by like uh like a, a band poster or like um the sex pistols like kind of their aesthetic with using like the uh newspaper clipping type type of art style for him was really cool uh and then how the um the teleporting device that he gave gwen how it how those portals changed to look like his aesthetic too was kind of really cool um i i still really like giving the kind of dot matrix look 
to the characters to show like the contouring of their faces and definition, especially in Miles's world. Um, yeah, in terms of story, I think, I think really since like <laughs> time travel and like multiverse stories, when I think when they're at their best is when the other universes are there to reflect choice. So like you have storylines like the X-Men Days of Future Past in the comics and in the movie, where there's a very distinct choice that's being discussed and that branches into the two timelines. Or in Back to the Future, um, it's all kind of built around Marty's parents in the 50s and how that impacts the 80s and how the 80s then impacts the future and those choices in there and how they're connect all connected. And I think that's something that in particular, a movie like multiverse of madness, I think skirts around, but doesn't really fully explore with the other universes. I mean, we get a little bit of it with 838 Doctor Strange and how he chose to dreamwalk and they were able to defeat Thanos. And like because of that X, Y, and Z happened. But I think it also would have been beneficial to explore similar things with Wanda in that movie. Like, why do her kids exist as real kids in this universe when they don't in hers? And exploring, well, oh, they defeated Thanos before he took the Mind Stone. So Vision was around. So her and Vision had actual children or whatever the case may be in that universe. But coming back to Spider-Verse, I think this movie does a really good job of using universes to represent choices and introducing this idea of like specific touch points that have to happen to a spider person this idea that all spider people have to lose an aunt or uncle um an uncle ben type figure that all spider people at some point in their timeline um while saving people will lose uh, a police captain that's close to them because they're trying to protect somebody. Um, I, I I just like this idea of these like canon events that they as they call them in the movie, and that without them, certain things kind of go crazy. And I think the biggest implication of that, and again, this is <laughs> we're past the point of no return of spoilers here. So if you're still here and you haven't seen the movie, please pause. Um, I love that we explore that by seeing a universe without a spider, right? Where there is no spider person in universe 40 in earth 42, because the spider was taken and brought to 1610 for miles. 
and that in this universe, without a Spider-Man and without Miles being bitten, Miles has become the Prowler working with his uncle. And it really seems like that is going to be something that that world is going to explore. And I would love for there to be a Gwen in that universe. Because we do finally get the mention in this movie when Spider-Gwen mentions that in all of the universes where Peter is Spider-Man, that they all lose Gwen. Whereas she lost Peter. So I'd be really interested to also explore what is Gwen's life like in Earth on Earth 42 if Peter never became Spider-Man? Does she die? Right? Like, that would be a really interesting thing to explore, too. And see, maybe she's, like, the for whatever reason, like, the black cat of, this, of that universe or something. I don't know. We, that would be tough because we haven't introduced... Felicia Hardy as Black Cat has not been introduced in any Spider-Man movie. But anyway, giving her a similar kind of arc to that. And also exploring this idea that, like, if her dad is no longer a captain, can he, is he exempt from filling in that role of, like, the captain dying for her as a canon event? I think calling it a canon event too, this idea, this term that's kind of from like looking at things as like literature and storytelling also brings in this idea naturally for us to analyze as an audience about like, how do we treat these characters, right? <laughs> Why is it that we constantly feel the need no matter the universe, to put spider people through the ringer emotionally in a way that a lot of other characters don't have happen to them. And so, like, that's an interesting idea to kind of explore, right? What does it say about us as audience members that we want to see Spider-Man and Spider-Woman the different spider people struggle so much. And I think that's a, a cool idea to kind of have the, us as an audience think about as well. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really hard to kind of talk about the story overall without knowing the ending of the story, right? Cause we really are only part of the way through it here. But I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's worth everybody's time. I think this movie, if, if you've never picked up a comic book and you want to know what it's like to read comics, both Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse are kind of the best movie to show you that uh, in animation, certainly. Um, but definitely since something like um i guess since some since no way home 
I would say. Um, and just up there in general with movies that take the, the medium of comic books and put them on screen in such a wonderful way. So five out of five stars for me. <laughs> um, I definitely watch it again. And yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next year with Beyond the Spider-Verse as our part two, especially now with the ending of the movie that we know that uh, Penny and Spider-Noir and Spider-Ham are going to be back in Beyond the Spider-Verse since they were not really featured um, pretty much at all other than the ending there uh, in this movie. So, yeah, except very, very excited for Beyond the Spider-Verse next year. Alrighty, thank you for joining me today as I shared my initial thoughts about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. If you are listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform of choice. A five-star review is always appreciated. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share it with them to help grow our little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more Pop Culture Fae, you can head to my website, popculturefae.com, for blog posts and more content. Lastly, I hope that you have a fantastic day, a wonderful week, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of Pop Culture Fae. Bye-bye.